0: The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by com, Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Well, if any of you are as experienced as I am, uh, you remember when the east side of Columbus over by the airport used to look a whole lot different than it does uh, post Les Wexner's fascination with New Albany. I remember when New Albany was a sleepy little village. Uh, It's certainly not that anymore. Long before Easton was there. Long before limited brands made it the center of its universe. Long before Wexner built his sprawling estate with the dining room that rises out of the floor. Well, As radical a change as that has been, uh, we might be in for one as radical or even uh, more radical if what is being reported coming to that side of town is indeed coming to that side of town. Intel, the chip maker, has apparently picked that side of town to build a chip factory. Now, we've heard a lot about the U.S. outsourcing chip manufacturing to China and other countries, and that we need to get that back. Uh, It appears that this is something that is going to help bring a portion of that back to the U.S., and not just back to the U.S., and not just back to Ohio, but right here to central Ohio. Because the reports are widely circulating that Intel has picked a site in uh, Licking County, Annexed by New Albany from Jersey Township, 3,200 acres uh, for not just a chip factory, but for essentially a mini city. Maybe it's not a mini city. 3,200 acres is a lot of acres. Maybe it's a max city. Maybe it's another New Albany. Maybe it's a completely different name. Who knows? I don't think there's any way to tell how big of a deal this could be, Uh, but only 12% of the chips worldwide are made in the U.S., down from 37% in the 1990s? Wouldn't it be nice to get a portion of the 80% made in Asia back here in the U.S.? Yeah, it would be, because I don't think Chairman Xi and the CCP has our best interests at heart. We've seen in the aftermath of the pandemic with the shipping crisis and the distribution crisis worldwide, U.S. cars, new cars, can't get them, chip problems, don't have them. Uh, this would be a great thing. So the CEO of Intel, his name is Pat Gelsinger, last summer in comments to the Washington Post, outlined the plans, and these plans are apparently soon to be announced as coming to Central Ohio. Their vision, he said, was to invest billions of dollars to build a mini-city that could approach $100 billion with as many as six to eight satellite factories all working together in this kind of endeavor. Intel envisions that each one of the factories would entail a 10 to $15 billion investment. $10 to $15 billion to 15000000000 dollars Do the math. That's 100 to 150 billion. 10,000 direct jobs, 100,000 jobs created as a result of those 10,000 direct jobs. Now, how does that work? Okay, so they come in, they hire scads and scads of people, first of all, to build the place. So people are going to flock to this area to get the jobs building this factory. Construction companies are going to grow, paving companies are going to grow. New companies are going to grow out of that business. Minority businesses will benefit because there'll be all kinds of government regulations entailed in this. It's the same as when they built Crew Stadium. That's not Crew Stadium. Lower.com field. Sorry, Lower.com. And so you have jobs created because of the jobs that are eventually coming to the factory. So this is... uh, on its face, looks like a really, really good thing. And I'm not going to say it's not a good thing. I'm just saying it depends on what your definition of a good thing is. If you like Columbus the way it is, if you've always thought Columbus was a great place to live because it's easy to get around in and you don't have massive traffic, if you've lived here since hmm, the mid-'80s, do you think Columbus is a better place to live now than it used to be? Or do you wish you could turn the clock back and take it back to where it used to be? Because honestly... I live on the complete opposite side of Columbus from this, and if this were coming to where I live, I would not be thrilled about it. I'm not anti-development. I'm big-time pro-capitalist. But I just want, if you live in Granville right now, and I got a couple buddies who live in Granville, and they work in the city, this is not going to uncomplicate your commute from Granville to downtown Columbus. Is this going to change your way of life for the better? For some people, yeah. There's going to be a lot of money to be made. I'm not anti-progress. I'm just saying it depends on how you gauge progress. And I would not want this to come to the Dublin area. I would not want this to come to the Hilliard area. I would not want this to come to Madison County. I would not want it to come to Union County. Because that's the area where I'm. They've already built out. A lot, some of the area where I live. And it's not oppressive, but the new Costco out in Dublin. Net gain, net loss. Eh. I like getting cheap gas. I like getting cheap pizza. I like having, you know, that store there. But does it complicate my way into town? Yeah, it does. And the corridor, which I used to just navigate, no problem at all. Now, well, I mean, the epitome of progress in Central Ohio is what? A roundabout, right? If you if you live where there's any kind of new commerce or anything like that, you can gauge whether or not you're growing by how many roundabouts you have. There are roundabouts in your future out there in that portion of Licking County. Now, speaking of roundabouts, a roundabout of a different sort uh, came back to haunt the Biden administration yesterday, in this Supreme Court decision. The court actually cited in its commentary on the striking down of the Vax mandate for companies with 100 or more employees, a tweet by White House Chief of Staff Ron Klein, where he referred to the Biden administration trying to administrate this through OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, the one that polices workplace safety, Ron Klain referred to it as a, quote, workaround. Hopefully we will always have a Supreme Court that takes a dim view of workarounds of the Constitution. We don't have an entire Supreme Court that takes a dim view of that. Otherwise, this would have been a 9-0 decision, not a 6-3 decision. Kagan, Breyer, Sotomayor, the ideologues on the court, the ones that, are politically aligned with Joe Biden and his ilk. They don't care about the facts of COVID. Remember, we have 100,000 kids in the hospital on ventilators. Except we don't have 100,000. We don't have any on ventilators, according to Rochelle Walensky of the CDC. And I mean, who can't believe what she says, right? But it's interesting to me that Ron Klain... Stuck his foot in it, said the quiet part out loud. Well, he didn't say it. He tweeted it, tweeted the quiet part out loud. That they were using OSHA. He was lauding the Biden administration for issuing this order back in November as a workaround. And the court was like, "Uh, no, we don't like workarounds. Well, you would think getting your wings clipped on that, you would cease to go down that same road. But no. But no. There's one thing you can say about the Biden administration is it never takes... No for an answer. Because no sooner had the Supreme Court ruling come out than Joe Biden released a statement urging private employers to implement their own vaccine requirements. Here's the statement. I am disappointed that the Supreme Court has chosen to block common sense, life-saving requirements for employees at large businesses that were grounded squarely in both science and the law. No. Anyway, continuing his statement, this emergency standard allowed employers to require vaccinations or to permit workers to refuse to be vaccinated so long as they were tested once a week and wore a mask at work. A very modest burden. Yeah, to you, maybe. As a result of the court's decision, it's now up to the state's and individual employers to determine whether to make their workplace as safe as possible for employees and whether their businesses will be safe for consumers during this pandemic by requiring employees to take the simple and effective step of getting vaccinated. That does not stop me from using my voice to advocate for employers to do the right thing to protect Americans' health and the American economy. Listen to this. He just got his ears boxed in by the Supreme Court. Not even two hours later, he has the temerity. This is the Supreme Court of the United States of America telling him no, no, you can't do it. Joe, little Joe from Catholic school, this is the nun rapping you on the knuckles, saying no, you can't do it. And he has the temerity to issue a statement that says I call on business leaders to immediately join those who have already stepped up. And he says, ignore it. Ignore the ruling. You go before the Supreme Court to get a rendering on whether what you want to do meshes with what you are allowed to do as the leader of the executive branch of government. One of three branches in which there are... Checks and balances. And you. Completely ignore what they say. And make a statement that. I know what they said. But here's what you should do anyway. All I heard during the Trump administration. Was how lawless Trump was. What a fascist Trump was. What a tyrant Trump was. This statement from Joe Biden is the epitome of somebody who has no respect for the rule of law. No respect for checks and balances. No respect for limited authority. No respect at all for the Supreme Court of the United States. No wonder they want to pack the court. They want to turn it into a kangaroo court. To some extent, it already is at least a third of it with the justices that Democratic presidents have appointed. So, the workaround got them into this pickle, but that will not stop them from trying to do it all over again. That's why I say on this, we have to be like the left. We have to not hold a victory party because the battle um, is not over. Uh, We just happened to win this particular facet of it. But if you think he's going to stop, if you think they're going to stop intruding on your constitutional rights, I think that's a very, very, very dire mistaken assumption to make. So I played an audio clip for you yesterday, and I did not have the full context of it when I played it. I played the end of the clip. Once I heard the beginning of the clip, it came into a much different light for me, and such a different light for me, that I'm really um, astounded that the few honest media organizations that we have in this country are not making more of this. Maybe I'm missing something. But when Joe Biden spoke yesterday morning at the White House, I remarked about how um, just off he seemed. Now, look, I mean, it's it's easy to take pot shots at this president. Now, everything he has touched has turned into an epic disaster. I mean everything. Uh, I had a little Twitter tête-à-tête last night with a friend of mine. Uh, this friend occupies the other side of the aisle. In fact, he couldn't be on a more opposite side of the aisle than I am. But he's a good man. I'm, um, I'm unclear how he can hold some of the positions that he holds, given uh, the faith that he professes. But that's a topic for another day. But at any rate, what I what I wonder is is what has Biden done that even his most ardent, normal supporter not Jen Psaki not the true believers not the possessed in his administration but the people who have the Biden-Harris stickers on their cars and would still not get out the razor blade and scrub that off <laughs> you know I just wonder what has he done that you look at and you go oh yeah I, that right there that's look at that man I mean that's really impressive Now, I know some people may say, well, look at the jobs numbers, the jobs, the jobs. The jobs were going to bounce back anyway. And in fact, there are now numbers out that say his meddling with his excessive spending and all the other stuff has caused us to bounce back less robust than we would have if he'd have done nothing. So even the one thing you could point to with a little bit of statistical support to say, yeah, he's done that well. He hasn't done very well at all, but I digress. Here's the audio clip, the full audio clip. Biden had been squinting into the monitor, trying to read it, stumbling, bumbling around, looking inept. Then he got to the end of his little COVID update, and he said something that normally means, okay, now I'll take a few questions. Except he didn't. He froze. And he sat. And he stared. And he, I, I honestly don't think he knew where he was, what he was doing, or why he was there. It's a little bit difficult to get the full context without the video. But I think now that I've painted a word picture of it for you, You'll understand why this is, to me, the most alarming revelation about Joe Biden right now. And I'll stop here so we can get to the briefing started. But thank you for taking the time. So he's ready to take questions, right? Boy. So here come the questions. Americans who are wondering why they just continue to restrict their activities given Say most will get COVID at some point. folks we'll talk about that later come on Let's go.
1: now he's just sitting there
0: he's sitting there looking down lost unable to answer questions. Which he just invited by saying, okay, now we're at the end of the briefing, and the first person asks the question, and he pauses, and he sits, and he, I don't know, was he pondering? Was he? Was he frozen mentally? This is the leader of our country. This is, ostensibly, the most powerful man in the world. I've always had this kind of uneasy, like, is this guy with it? Is he not with it? Is somebody pushing the buttons behind the scenes? I'm struck by how helpless he looked there. And it's helpful for me, when I tend to just want to come at him with my fangs out, to remember that he is eighty years old or thereabouts and i would not have the expectation for any 80 year old i would not place on any 80 year old the expectation and i don't i'm not trying to be sec, uh you know an ageist but just the synapses just don't connect at 80 like they did at 60 50 40 He has the most important job in our country. Probably in the world. And he... charitably is going through the motions. We've reached the end of the briefing. Thank you for coming. And then he sits there. Okay, so that's the universal symbol for... Fire away, ladies and gentlemen. And when they fire away, he freezes up. And and this is not on any...